The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. I am back. After a few days off on this Monday of NFL Draft Week, I cannot believe we are here already. Uh, The NFL Draft Week is a big week for us. Always is. This is one of the big spikes uh, that we have and what I would refer to as kind of low season. Like there's a high season for sports content providers like me. And when I say like me, guys that do it, guys or women that do it in markets where the NFL team is number one. And yes, the NFL team is still number one in this market by a large margin, even though it's not nearly the same level of number one that it once was. But you kind of have in markets like ours, a high season, which is the day after Labor Day through the Super Bowl. Uh, And then you've got a low season, Uh, but there are spikes during the low season. Free agency is a big deal. Uh, the draft is a big deal. Those are the two biggest spikes. Free agency and all of the news that happens during that beginning part of free agency. And then the NFL draft this week leading up to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is huge for us. You know, there are times where, you know, if the Caps are doing really well in the Stanley Cup playoffs or the Nats are having a big season, March Madness is often a spike for for me anyway because I'm into college basketball. I'm into the NBA playoffs. Uh, I seem to be into those by myself on this show anyway. Um, but, um, yeah, this is a big week uh, for us. So looking forward to it uh, very much so. By the way, I have heard from many of you who have asked, what about Cooley this week, Sheehan? Not this week. Next week. I'm not going to tease that Cooley's coming on and then not have him come on. I, it's too much work for him to do, you know, 20 draft profiles and project on who Washington should take. It's a lot easier for him to do film breakdowns of the players they actually select. So that's what we'll start next week uh, at some point, is he'll do you know film breakdowns of the players they actually select, and we'll spread that out over a week, week and a half, two weeks, something like that, whenever he gets them done, really. Try to do one or two of them you know, a couple of times uh, a week. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, that's uh, the news on Cooley for those of you who have asked. Because it is NFL Draft Week and you have an expectation of Cooley being a part of the show. And he will be. But it, it'll happen. I think last year it was kind of the same thing. He did uh, draft uh, film breakdowns uh, after uh, the draft. So we will do that uh, starting next week. I wanted to start today's show with a tweet that I got from Josie. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Sheehan DC. Uh, you can tweet me at Kevin Sheehan DC. No blue check for me. Never had one. Never did like it much. Um, never did like it much, as Jack Dawson uh, once said about caviar, I believe, in the movie Titanic. I think it was caviar that he was talking about. Uh, I can't believe that we never got a blue check mark. Tommy and I have talked about this a lot. He never got one. I never got one. I don't know how that happened. I didn't apply for one uh, until maybe two years ago at the request of radio. Um, And I got denied each time I applied for one. Tommy, the same. It's Look, there are people in local media here that have blue checks that don't have the same presence, the same reach that we have. I I don't know what the reason is. I had somebody tweet me the other day to say, you should pay for one now. Uh, It would really help you. You would increase your followers. You would have higher profile on hashtag moments for your tweet, whatever that means. Um, I'm not paying for one. I'm not paying for a blue check. I don't need one now. Nobody else has one. Uh, So I look like everybody else. Um, So Josie tweeted me the following. Josie tweeted, Kevin, I really enjoyed Tim, but why do you have to have a sub when you're on vacation for a podcast? This isn't radio. It's a great point, and I appreciate the tweet. Uh, first of all, I love having Tim on the show, and a lot of you love when Tim, uh, and Tim did this for me last summer when I took some vacation time as well. And th- look, there are days when when I'm out that I'm not going to have Tim or anybody else do a show, and the day will just go by without a show. But the reason for doing it last week in particular is twofold. One, you know, we have all of the news surrounding the sale, and there was more news this morning, which I will get to here momentarily. Um, You also, you know, have the draft coming up. And then we had a a big story last week with Tommy Shepard getting fired. Uh, That happened on that Thursday uh, of last week. Um, But really, that's all uh, secondary to the fact of... There's no money generated if we don't do a show. This isn't like, hey, I get a bunch of vacation days, a bunch of paid vacation days. It doesn't work that way. When I do a show, there are spots that you hear on this show that run that we generate revenue off of. So that's kind of the brass tacks answer, I guess on that. But there will be some days this summer where we won't have shows and there will be other days, especially during important news cycles, I guess, sports news cycles, where, you know, I'll have, if Tim's available to do it, I'll have Tim do it. Tim's great. Tim's a professional sports talk show host. He hosts uh, a show on Brent Musburger's Vizen Network with Sean King, the former Tampa Bay Bucks quarterback. He does such a great job. He's a good friend, uh, and I really appreciate the fact that he's willing to do them um, when I feel like it makes more sense to have a show than not have a show. So there you go on that. Now, on the show today, a show today that is sponsored by our good friends at MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.ag or MyBookie.com. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and they will do something that most books don't do, which is allow you to cash in and cash out quickly. So all you have to do is wager your deposit amount one time, not multiple times, just one time. So if you deposit $500, once you've wagered $500 worth of bets, you're eligible to cash out. Perfect for events like the NBA playoffs 
or uh, the upcoming, uh, what are we, two weeks away, week and a half away from the Kentucky Derby, uh, the Triple Crown races. So if you want to just get involved in that, uh, MyBookie is the place for you. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, Kevin DC. One guest on the show, and I'm going to give you fair warning. I recorded this much earlier today, and it was before the news that just broke that Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets. The guest on the show today is my good friend Steve Zaven. And there is a small segment of our conversation because he hosts a radio show in Milwaukee. I think most of you know that. Uh, He also has a podcast called The Zabecast. Uh, But Zabe hosts a show in Milwaukee. He doesn't go to Milwaukee to do the show, although he spends a lot of time in Milwaukee, but he hosts the show from his home in Northern Virginia. But I did ask him about Aaron Rodgers to the Jets before the news broke moments ago that Aaron Rodgers has been traded to the New York Jets. Uh, and here is the compensation as reported uh, by Adam Schefter. The Packers agreed to trade Aaron Rodgers and their 2023 first-round pick, which is number 15 overall, and a 2023 fifth-round pick to the Jets for the Jets' number one pick this year, number 13 overall. So they move up two spots this year. They get the Jets' second-round pick this year, which is number 42 overall. They get a sixth-round pick in this year's draft. And then they also get a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first-rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps next year you know assuming health it's a pretty good football team Aaron Rodgers will play 65 percent of the snaps and the Packers will get the Jets first round pick next year now if they don't get the first rounder they get a second rounder also the first rounder next year if the Jets are as good as I think they have a chance to be it won't be an early first rounder um Also, uh, Aaron Rodgers is expected to wear jersey number eight, according to Adam Schefter, even though franchise legend Joe Namath gave him the blessing to wear number 12. He's going to wear number eight, which was the number he wore at Cal uh, in college. So there you go. Uh, This has been a long time coming. Uh, There was discussion about who had the leverage. You'll hear Zabe and I talk about this. Again, it's not a big part of our conversation. It's a small part. And I'm not going to go edit it out uh, at this point. Um, But uh, this news, uh, I guess, supersedes um, the conversation that I had with with Zabe, uh, the small part of our conversation about Aaron Rodgers. But you'll hear it anyway. I'll leave it uh, in there. There was also big news earlier this morning, made by Steve Apostolopoulos on CNBC, the Canadian billionaire who has been one of the bidders, reported bidders, on the for the Washington Commanders, was a guest on Squawk Box, the show on CNBC that precedes the market opening. And this is what he said. Unfair to say, though, that you're still in the hunt? Um, I am still in the hunt, yes. And, and, and can we just put two more specifics on it? $6 billion is, is the price tag that's been reported, uh, both that you bid and that the Harris Group 
bid. So what's the difference? Do you know? You know what? It's hard. It's hard to say right now. Um, and, and as it's a live process, I, I really I really don't feel comfortable saying too, too much. And I, I right. want to respect the process. Um, but it is it is a head to head uh, uh, process right now. I don't know what to make of this. So many of you have reached out to me and said, so what the F is the deal here? I thought you told us, Kevin, a week and a half ago that Josh Harris had purchased the team. What I told you is what was reported. Josh Harris was the winning bidder, uh, but there was a non-exclusive negotiating period. It was awkward. It was odd. We've had many people tell us that the process with Snyder selling this team has been different. Uh, that's not a surprise. It shouldn't be. It's been difficult, according to people associated with the Harris bid. Um, I have no idea if Steve Apostolopoulos is a legitimate buyer uh, possibility for this team. I really don't. I still think it's Josh Harris. I've talked to people today close to the Harris bid who say they still are very confident that they are going to get this team and that the non-exclusive negotiating period will eventually go away and it will become more binding. Uh, and then you still have the process of it, you know, going to the league for three quarters vote approval, uh, which seems like a bit of a formality. Um, but yeah, this has been a strange process. Uh, I have a theory on why this is taking the route that it's taken, and I will share that theory when Zabe jumps on with me uh, in the next segment of the show. But is Steve Apostolopoulos a potential real bidder? I have no idea. But we got you know a face to Steve Apostolopoulos on this interview. We got a voice to Steve Apostolopoulos. Look, Josh Harris hasn't spoken. Only Magic Johnson has spoken on behalf of that bid. But Steve Apostolopoulos said, you know, the, this is a live process, and I am still in the hunt. And so if you take him at his word and you put it side by side with now we're a week and a half after the reporting that Josh Harris had won the bidding to buy the commanders, uh, and yet we don't have anything truly finalized at this point. We don't have a report that says that non-exclusive period has come and gone, and now that you know deal that he's got with Josh Harris is binding, and now it's just a formality of going to the other 31 league owners for a vote. But we heard from Apostolopoulos, haven't heard from Harris, heard barely from Magic Johnson. And look, we didn't hear a lot from Apostolopoulos either. I just like saying Apostolopoulos because I think I've gotten it right from the beginning. I butchered it maybe that first day, but I now have it uh, down. Apostolopoulos. Uh, what kind of owner would he be? I have no idea, gang. He's a Canadian billionaire. He's worth six to seven billion dollars. We don't know anything about you know the group that he has assembled because it can't be all him. You know, he's not spending all of his net worth on this football team. He's got to come up with one point eight billion. He probably has to indemnify Snyder to a certain degree because we had that reporting last week on the Harris bid. Um, and then, you know, he's got to be vetted by the league. This is a, I think it's a new name for NFL owners. I mean, they may know him in business, but they don't know him as a sports owner. You know, it's a foreign owner. Uh, he's Canadian. That makes him foreign. Uh, it may not be Saudi Arabian money uh, behind his bid, uh, but he's a Canadian. But remember, Jack Kent Cook was Canadian as well. Uh, I don't have an answer t for you. 
Uh, I'm not going to fake an answer for you. I'm not going to just, you know, wing it and say that, you know, I I think that, you know, you got to take him at his word. I have no idea if it makes sense to take him at his word. This may be totally self-serving for him. But what we do know is that there's still this non-exclusive period for Snyder to shop it for them to negotiate the 5.8 billion and the other 250 million and whatever else Snyder wants in the deal. But I do have a theory as to why this is dragging on. And I'm not saying it's dragging on longer than, you know, the Denver process or the Carolina process before that, but it seems to have been dragging on here in the most recent weeks following the reporting that Josh Harris had won the bid. Uh, I'll share that with Zabe. So um, it's NFL Draft Week this week, and uh, Washington holds number 16 overall on Thursday night. They've got eight picks total in the draft. They've got a first-rounder. They've got picks in the second, third, fourth, fifth, two in the sixth round, one in the seventh round. Last year, you remember, they traded back from 11 to 16 with New Orleans, uh, they picked up third and fourth round picks from the Saints for moving five spots back. Then they traded one of the picks, the fourth round pick, to Carolina along with a sixth round pick to get two fifth round picks. That's what they did last year. Now, I missed uh, having a chance to talk about Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew's press conference from Thursday of last week. Look, there wasn't much to it. Um, really, uh, in terms of learning anything, uh, Martin Mayhew emphasized what he's emphasized in the past, and that is, you know, trading back is nice because volume of picks is a strategy that he believes in. And, you know, if you believe that the draft is a bit of, you know, kind of a throw darts at a dartboard process, that it's far from scientific, um, and you are going to hit in general, on 33% of your choices in terms of players becoming contributors, then if that's kind of the number that is the average, well, you'd rather have that average percentage hit rate on a much larger number of players selected. Um, so, you know, he talked a lot about what he did last year and talked about, you know, whether or not there, there would be an opportunity to do that this year. Remember, you got to have somebody below you willing to trade up. And you got to have players that drop that seem to be players that other teams would be interested in. Last year, it was the run on receivers that had started, if you recall. This year, it might be a quarterback. I mean, it might be an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis who drops to 16. Now, if Richardson drops to 16, I want Washington to take Anthony Richardson. But, you know, we'll find out, you know, on Thursday night whether or not there's a reason uh, that drives activity from below. Last year there was. This year there may not be. Um, Anyway. Oh, there was one other thing from Rivera and Mayhew last week. Because I watched it. I watched it on my phone, I think, Saturday morning. Um, it was like 30 minutes long. And um, I don't know. This was my interpretation of something. Uh, there was some discussion about the trade back and about getting their guy, Jahan Dotson. And let me just say, I love Jahan Dotson. I, I loved him before the draft. You guys know that. I had no problem with them picking him at 16. I love Dotson at Penn State. I thought he was going to be a star NFL wide receiver. And I like him even more now. 
But there was this air of, and we've heard it before from Ron and and even Martin, like they were super sharp, super crafty in pulling the wool over New Orleans' eyes on this trade back that landed them the guy they wanted in Jahan Dotson and Robinson Jr. and Sam Howell, the guy that they really wanted all along, and and Cole Turner. Um, I know they didn't say that necessarily about Sam Howell. Uh, but um, the verdict is not in. Jahan Dotson missed five games and caught 35 passes last year. You know, he, you know who was really good last year? Chris Olave, the guy that New Orleans traded up for, he caught 72 passes for over 1,000 yards for a team that was pretty wretched on offense at times last year. So let's not break our arms patting ourselves on the back for this genius move, this Mensa move last year. It takes time before you know you know, it takes time before the evaluation is complete on a trade like that. And by the way, you include, obviously, all of the players Washington got by trading back, but you also include all of the players that Washington passed on on a deal like that. Remember when they traded back and got Ryan Kerrigan? I didn't hear a lot of chest thumping from the Shanahan crew, but you know who they passed on? J.J. Watt. Ryan Kerrigan was a really good player. J.J. Watt, Hall of Famer. Um, But you have to consider the players that they didn't pick. Alave, for one. Kyle Hamilton to Baltimore. Hell of a rookie season. Jordan Davis, the big guy in in Philly. You you know, there's a ways to go before the verdict is in on how crafty and how super sharp they were in the 2022 draft. So... You know, there's one other thing, too, as I started to think about last year's trade back. You know, they pick up the third and fourth, and then they trade the fourth with a sixth for the two fifths with Carolina. And we've heard so much uh, uh, from them in this offseason about, you know, how much they loved Sam Howell this time last year and how they were shocked he was still on the board in the fifth round. And Ron has cited all of the mock drafters that have told him, oh, he should have been first or second round, you know, third round. And they had a much higher grade. And when I was going back through the Jahan Dotson deal, just looking at it in detail again, I forgot that basically the the fourth rounder they got from Carolina, they packaged trade back again and pick up the two fifth-rounders. You know, so basically, this guy Sam Howell, who they loved, is sitting there, hasn't been taken, and they take Percy Butler in the fourth round, and then they've got another fourth-rounder later in the fourth round, and they trade it. They trade it back to pick in the fifth round. 24 picks between the fourth-rounder that they had and the first pick in the fifth round, which was theirs after the trade with Carolina, that was the pick that they selected Sam Howell with. This is why I have been skeptical when I hear how badly they wanted him in the draft last year. You know, keep in mind, that's different than saying that, you know, they're super high on him now, and I'm not, I don't, disbelieve that they're super high on him now. I mean, I think it's an exaggeration, and I think it's kind of a convenient uh, take because that's all they have. And it kind of, as I've said before, was a bit of a PR move to mask the disaster of the end of the season. But it's it's more justifiably 
it's more justifiable in my mind's eye that they can be optimistic about him now and sell that than how badly and optimistic they were about him before last year's draft. I mean, their actions don't back that up. Their actions didn't back that up last year. If they thought for sure this guy was Gonna gonna be long gone by the second or third round because that's the grade that they had them and all the mock drafters had on them. Then why did they trade back from their fourth round pick? It's one thing to say, hey, we took Fidari and Mathis in the second round, and then we really wanted the running back, and then we were really looking for another DB who could play some special teams. But when you got to this second fourth round pick and they traded back again, do you really think Sam Howell was super on their mind? Like, they wanted him so badly. It's revisionist history on that. There's no other way to say it. Anyway, big draft for Ron Rivera, coach-centric Ron. Um, You know, he hasn't done a great job in the first round here, but he's done a really good job. The team has drafting post-first round. Chase Young, Jamin Davis, clearly question marks. Jahan Dotson, I think, proved a lot last year. I really love that pick. I think he's going to be great. Again, don't mistake what I what I said uh, about their take on the, the trade last year for not liking Jahan. I like him a lot, but verdict not in yet. But they've done pretty well, you know, in the after first round uh, picks here over the last couple of years. Um, o line, corner, pass rusher, maybe. I doubt quarterback at 16, even though I would endorse it if they loved one, Uh, even though I've said I don't really trust them picking a quarterback. Uh, So those two things are in conflict. I recognize that. I doubt B. John Robinson at 16. I don't see a linebacker. I don't see a receiver. I don't see a defensive tackle. I'd, I'd like to think that tight end's a possibility. You know, one of the things that will be good for them is the positions of need are deeper positions, corner, uh, O line, tight end. You know, if they miss at 16 or in a trade back, if they pick up extra picks on a player or a position that they really want to add a player uh, uh, in this draft um, in terms of the position group, they'll likely have a chance to do that at 47 in the second round. All right. uh, A couple of other just very quick things. Tommy Shepard was fired while I was away. I was a big Tommy Shepard fan in terms of the person that he is. I like Tommy a lot. I liked Ernie a lot. A lot, you know, you've heard a lot of us say that over the years. Um, But here's the bottom line. Tommy Shepard didn't get the job done. Tommy Shepard didn't draft well. You've got to draft well. Okay? And they didn't draft well under him. They didn't draft well under Ernie either. They haven't been a good drafting team. And Tommy didn't draft well enough. And in a, in a city uh, where you're not a destination for premium free agents and you don't have superstars on your team already, you've got to find him in the draft. Rui Hachimura, ninth overall. I, I liked personally Brandon Clark better. And Brandon Clark's a really good player. Look, Rui's playing great in the postseason for the Lakers right now. You know, he's got a lot of offensive talent, no doubt. Denny Avdia's got, you know, talent, but he's not a superstar player. Corey Kispert isn't a star. Johnny Davis isn't a star. You know, they they didn't whiff so badly in terms of missing on other players like they did with Kawhi Leonard when they took Jan Vesely in the 2011 draft. 
um, or, you know, Otto Porter in the draft in which Giannis was selected, right? Wasn't that the, uh, that was the, the Otto Porter draft where they took Otto Porter third and Giannis went, I think, 15th to Milwaukee in that draft. Um, they haven't drafted well. You got to draft better. And if you don't, then you're not getting the job done. I like Tommy Shepard so much personally. He's a basketball lifer. He is a basketball guy. He didn't draft well enough, period. The decision on Beal was a bad decision. I don't know if it was Ted's decision, more Ted, more Tommy, but the next GM, whoever that is, and it's not going to be Bob Myers, please. Right now it appears to be JT3 who's taken over uh, those responsibilities. He's been working for the Wizards for a while now, and the Wizards put out, I guess, some sort of um, uh, message to the other 31 teams that for now, while they don't have a general manager, if you have questions about anything, uh, refer them to John Thompson III. I don't know if he's actually a candidate for the job or not. I have no idea. But anyway, um, you have to draft better. And you have to get rid of the, uh, of the Beal contract. You've got to figure out a way to find a spot for him where he waives the no-trade clause and you get rid of that contract. Because you can't be great. You can't contend with Bradley Beal being a $50 million a year player on your roster. If that was more Tommy, bad decision. If it was more Ted, terrible decision. Um, and it's just number one on the list for the new GM. Get rid of Beal and and basically take this thing down to the studs and then try to draft much better and get lucky in the draft, too. There's some luck involved, people. There is. A lot of teams passed on Kawhi Leonard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. They weren't obvious, you know, top two, top three picks. You got to get lucky a little bit, but you got to be good, too. And they haven't been good. They've been dreadful when it's come to the draft. Beal... Um, Wall was a no-brainer. Beal was a really good pick in the 2012 draft, but unfortunately, he's not a superstar, and they picked him, let's face it, you know, three spots ahead of Damian Lillard. Lillard would have been a better pick. All right, let's get to Zabe next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, jumping on with me right now, and it is draft week, uh, and there's lots of other stuff going on, including what I talked about in the open, which was more news related to the 
commander's sale with this Canadian billionaire, Steve Apostolopoulos, going on CNBC this morning and saying that he is still in the hunt for thing uh, for the uh, team. Uh, but my good friend Steve Zabin uh, is making time for us this week in the first of a week home and home. Uh, I get the yes, first I game. It. I got. I had the better <laughs> regular game. season record, which means I get the first home game, and then I got to travel to your place on. I don't know what day we're going to do it. I forget what day you wanted me to do it. But anyway, tomorrow, 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 it'll be a home and home tomorrow. Yeah. And by the way, the uh, Steve Apostolopadapadapadapadapolis appearance. Yeah. Is wild because he had never been seen before. I know by anybody. Yeah, would you think so that the fact that he popped up today on Squawk Box, it'd be like if the real Easter Bunny were to hop by you one day out your window, you'd be like, "Holy sh! Is that the Easter Bunny?" I believe. But yeah, believe. he sounds like a very boring guy, and and so you combine this now sudden revelation with the whole farce that was and is, I guess, if it hadn't been killed yet, Brian Davis bid, and man, and, and all of this, and Bezos is still out, Sheehan. How is that possible? Yeah, well, I mean, I, clearly Bezos doesn't want this team, I guess, or, you know, Snyder actually really didn't want to sell it to him. I don't know what the de- deal with Bezos is, but I, I, I just... I, I listened to this guy this morning, and he described what a wonderful city Washington is and what a wonderful organization Washington would be to own and how the pros- <laughs> and how the process is still live. I mean, I look, the the Canadian owner we had that that led us to all those Super Bowls was Jack Ken Cook. Don't forget he was Canadian. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just so funny he's talking about, you know. It's a nice city. Okay, fine. Uh, it'd be a wonderful organization to own. Bro, you're buying the name and the rights to the television deal and a decrepit stadium. That's what you're buying. If you come in and you don't clean out everything and everybody, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, let's just start here. So what do you, what do you think um, is going on right now, and how do you think it ends? I think definitely Dan Snyder is desperately trying to put guys forward to try to goose the numbers. Like when I saw, I guess Forbes came out with the breakdown of the Harris Group bid. Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, five point eight billion right now," and they'll get you the last two hundred and fifty million over the next two years, which is not totally unusual from what I read in these deals. But it was obviously important enough that the number got pushed over six because Snyder probably thought he was going to get seven when the early reports back in October said, oh, my God, there's a ton of people knocking down the door. The number is going to be seven plus. I think he wanted it over six. So he somehow ginned up enough intrigue to get the Harris group to go, fine, in for $5.8 billion. We're in for another $250 million. What the hell? We'll get it to you in two years. I think the same thing's happening with this Postadopolopoulos guy that <laughs> Snyder's dragging his feet. He's pushing it, you know, whoever can get out there in the public eye. He's got that clown suit, Gasparino, from Fox out there, you know, pimping. Oh, you know, like I, I've been laughing my ass off and I've been hearing this guy with Grant and Danny, and I'm thinking, could you be a bigger shill 
for Dan Snyder if you tried. So what I think is happening is that Dan is leveraging everyone he can to stay in the running to try to pump this price up as high as possible. And probably, Kevin, the most important part is to indemnify him, right? Yeah, I mean, the report last week came that that the Harris bid includes some level of indemnification. I think even the Post, you know, backed that part of the Sportico or Forbes story, whatever it was. I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. I've had so many of these people on the shows, um, and I forget which sure. ones say say what. But yeah, I mean, I actually have kind of a new theory right now, um, and I'm going to bounce it off you. All right, oh, so, I love it. So I it, it's. Uh, so this non-exclusive negotiating period after everybody reported that the Harris bid had been accepted for 5.8 with the 250 million in escrow for you know in the it goes to Snyder as long as they don't have to fight a bunch of Snyder's legal battles I guess which by the way it also ties into indemnification but I won't even get into that but I I I, I don't you know it's been an awkward process everybody has described it that way people close to the Harris bid have described it as frustrating and awkward and unusual. The fact that Harris sent the bid to the league was unusual. Typically, that's the seller uh, that would do that with the the league to say, hey, here's the bid that we want to accept. But this non-exclusive negotiating period has left it open for Snyder to go out and continue to pitch. You know, the Brian Davis thing obviously was laughable. Um, But the Apostolopoulos uh, bid appears to be the one that's left that's out there. We don't know if it's, you know, a solid bid or if it's fully funded or if it includes, you know, everything the Harris bid has, but at this point, the theory is this, Zabe. He is wearing us down with this sale process. And I know that it's not like unusually long. These things take a while. On purpose? But he is wearing, he wore us down for 24 years, and now, you know, and and he basically made everybody not interested in the team. Two-thirds of the fan base is gone. And he's wearing us down on this thing, and he's going to make this non-exclusive thing drop and and have it become exclusive like on Thursday when Washington's on the clock Thursday night in the oh, draft boy. and he just wants it to end up being and feeling very anticlimactic so that it's not this massive celebration and I think it's working so in other words the Saddam Hussein burn every oil well on his way out of Kuwait strategy. Yeah, but he's not really burning. He's just making sure that he isn't the object of all of this. Like, the story will be, and we all thought this, oh. you know, six, six months oh, ago we thought... To hide, he wants to hide behind the news cycle of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's oh. worn us down already with a lot of this stuff. In fact, when the news came out a week and a half ago, it, it felt kind of anticlimactic then, didn't it? Like, I think if we had right. heard, you know, Bank of America was the last thing we heard, and then the next thing we heard, you know, that was in November, was he has sold the team. There would have been jubilation. There would have been dancing in the streets. Every restaurant and bar would have been offering, you know, drink specials. We wouldn't have actually had a parade. I mean, you really can't pull that off. No. And by the way, that's kind of mean-spirited, really. Um, But anyway. Oh, um, <laughs> well, it is. He's got a family for crying out loud. I'm not ready to stoop to the we're, we're you know sponsoring a parade, but I would have certainly been at a bar drinking cheap beer and celebrating with fans. But it kind of feels like when we finally get the final news, 
it's going to be like, yeah, we were expecting it. Yeah. And the other reason that I think it's not been celebratory is that I liken it to coming out of your, your uh, storm cellar after a bad tornado. Uh-huh. Yes, the storm has passed, but you take a look around and everything's destroyed. Right. It's a complete disaster. You look with sober eyes as a commander's fan at all that has to be rebuilt piece by piece, step by step, and that includes the stadium, which is the, the biggest challenge right there. You know, I mean, wait till the district officials, if you want to build in the district, get in a meeting with Josh Harris and say, I'm sorry, you bought this team for how much money? And you want what from us? Yeah, no. Because you know that's how they're going to be. You know, they're not going to really bend over. They can, they can say, well, we don't like Snyder. We're not going to work with him. I think they're going to look at a guy that just bought a team for $6 billion as another guy who's got plenty of money to build his own stadium. I love that analogy because we both love severe weather. So you're in your, you're in your tornado yes. shelter. and you're you in, com- Yes. Do you celebrate when you come out of the tornado shelter? Because you're alive. No. You're alive. You're thankful you're alive. But you look around and say, holy crap, everything is gone. Think of what Snyder ruined. I mean, it's literally almost everything. Fan goodwill, uh, the fan experience, the stadium prospects for a new place, respect around the league, the name, the logo, everything, and didn't win a lick in 20-plus years. Not a lick. No 11-win seasons. That's hard to do in this league. Even once, you, every now and then you swerve into one where you stay exceptionally healthy and the rest of your division completely tanks. Not a one for Dan, as you well know. EF5. It was an EF5 for the last 24 years. It was, oh, right. So you don't celebrate that. By the way, you say you would not stoop to the level of holding a parade. I actually would have loved to be able to organize a small group or large group, if I could, of people with signs to usher out Dan in his moving van from his mansion. But, A, I don't think he's leaving the, all of the houses he owns in the D.C. area. I think he'll still have some residents here. And then secondly... He wouldn't be there. I don't think he's ever going to... You're, you're, well, he's not going to be there, right. And you're not going to see a big Beacons moving van like it's the Colts <laughs> yes. heading to Indianapolis. Right. Yeah. But um, I would love the visual. Like, the visual would be great for me with nothing profane or violent, because you're right, he does have a family. They don't deserve this, but he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really – I know we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have over the last few months. But you and I are perfect examples, and I know this about you, and I think you know this about me as well. We just don't have the passion for this team that we used to have. It is a shell. It's a fraction of what it once was. Yeah. And, and it's been coming for years. And it wasn't, you know, wasn't the post stories in 2020 that started it for me. It was long before that. And then losing the name was a, it was a, it was a deal. I'm not saying it's the massive deal for me, but it was for a lot of people. And it just feels very much, and I've said this many times, sorry for being repetitive, but it feels like the team that I watched last year was an expansion team. It wasn't my team. And um, Well, yeah, that's what they are. Right. That's a thing. You can say, well, the team still has tradition and the past greats, but then you start. People start to tiptoe around. They won't call John Riggins a great ex-Redskin. 
Well, I do. People, I know media members. I know I do as well. There are media members. It's almost like a little game I play on my head where I watch who does or does not refer to old players accurately if and when they played for the Redskins. Right. And a good number, I'd say 50, 60, 70% of media members don't say the word Redskins. So now part of your history is being erased bit by bit, and it's only going to get worse as time goes on. So, yeah, there's, there's really kind of nothing there. You, would, you have to embrace the whole newness of we're starting over, which, by the way, I said this about Harris uh, to somebody, I forget who. I said, look, if he, if he gets the team and he has his introductory presser, if he makes any mention of Snyder, much less thanks him in any way for being you know, professional or right. helping to deal with the sale, right. he will have lost I, the room. This is the kind of advice that people like us should be giving to uh, Josh yes. Harris and to Mitchell Rails and yes. to Mark Ein and to Magic Johnson. Like you can do thank you can thank him privately anything. if you want, but thank don't him privately. Right. Do, do not mention his name in any sort of positive nope. light. Yeah. Exactly. Here, here. I don't care. And, and and I know the way business people work. They want to put that nice bow right. on a negotiation successfully completed for $6 billion. I get it. That's in their instincts. And in most cases, it's good business. In this case, it's terrible business. Do not do it. You will lose the room and you will poison your new possession from the start. At the same time, I would recommend... D- 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 what you said, don't say anything because if you also throw them under the bus and you're negative, you know, you, 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 no one ever don't looks good. Up. Nobody ever looks good right. attacking somebody else. Um, here's something else I suggested last week. I think, and I know that this isn't going to happen, so let me preface it by saying I know the <laughs> name is not coming back. Okay? That... But- that horse left the yeah. barn that got totaled by the tornado when we came out of the shelter. Right. The barn was gone. Um, but if I were them, I would cross every T and dot every I and looking into the possibility of what it would take to bring it back so they can at least say that we have looked we are we are un, we are looking at everything really? related to the name in the brand, including the name that was here for eighty something years. Because that will win the room. Uh, you don't need to win the room of writers from outside this market. Okay, nobody cares about them. They've been wrong. Uh, 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 they've been but fighting this fight a, on behalf be, of themselves, not Native Americans, by the way. Um, go ahead. It what? would be a te- but it would be a tease, though. That would be another. You say it afterwards. Pulling the foot, and you blame the league, and you say the league said that they would not. They advised us that they wouldn't approve it. I, I I appreciate your sentiments there. I don't know if that would hit. I don't know. I don't know if that would hit the way that you think it would hit. But but yeah, it'd be it'd be nice if he said, "Yeah, I'm bringing the name back. Who's going to stop me?" Of course, the league would stop him. The right. Sponsors would stop him. Yeah. The media would lose their ever loving damn minds. But I do think the name has to go. I think every single person in that building has to go, no matter how diligent or talented or well they're regarded. I really think you have to clean it all out entirely. And, by the way, rip up that damn piece of AstroTurf from the 1980s that's sitting outside of the headquarters. I don't care if you're like, well, we got to get permits for it. It's in the floodplain. Nah, 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 nah. Get rid of it. Everything's got to go. 
All right. Um, my prediction uh, is end of this week. It's wrapped up with Harris. What's your What's your prediction? God, that's a that's an interesting one because I haven't thought timing wise on this. When I say As wrapped up, understand. I'm I'm not saying it's been voted on by the league's owners. Uh, I'm saying that we've got announced. like in 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 real estate parlance, we've got a ratified agreement. We still have the home inspection, and we got you know, <laughs> right. and, but and we but we've got a closing date, and it's proceeding, and it looks like it'll be fine. It's uh, funny you ask me timing on this. To be honest, the only timing I'm concerned about is the Rogers Jets deal right now, given my current professional situation. So I I kind of thought the Harris thing was like, okay, it's done, it's over. And then I saw the Brian Davis bid, and I heard his calamitous interview with the Junkies, which, I don't know, we could do a whole 30 for 30 on that. I assume you yeah. listened to it and probably yeah. talked about it, right? It was an SNL <laughs> skit. I mean, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I have the capital, and we're looking to reinvest. <laughs> Uh, we want liquidity, we want agility, and, you know, all together, we can't lose, junkies. We can't lose them. Like, what are you doing exactly? How about when he said his money comes from white people? Jews, he said people. Jews, Italians, and, and Sicilians. Italians and Sicilians. <laughs> yeah. He knows the difference, right. so at least give him that. Yeah, yeah I, I would hope it would be done this week, but uh, you know what? I'm betting the over. Because like in gambling, when it's over, it's over. I'm betting the over on this. I'm betting the over on the Rodgers to the Jets deal as well. I think both these things are going past this week. Well, that's on my list. Uh, when I, and, and let me be clear. When I say it's over, I just I think we're going to have an, an, some sort of clarity that Harris's bid is the winning bid and the non-exclusive negotiating period is over. And now it's about, you know, it goes to the finance committee, it goes to the owners at the, at the end of May for a league vote, and it's, that, that should be more of a formality. All right, um, before we get to Rodgers, so yeah. I haven't talked about this yet. I did on the radio show this morning. So five players got suspended, uh, including Shaka Tony, for betting on football from uh, the Washington team. Um, What's your reaction to players? Like, there's a an outcry of hypocrisy from a lot of people about how the league's yeah. hypocritical. They're in bed with all of these gambling companies, and yet they are yeah. suspending players for a year for betting on football. What do you think? Yeah, I. You know what? They they're right, but they're the ones who have a union. I've heard, and they're the ones that can collectively negotiate terms of employment or so I've heard, they're the union that was too dumb to see the real corrosive danger of the franchise tag. And I said, you need to go after that thing like a like a vampire hunter with a wooden stake to the heart. And, you know, Demora Smith and others were like, no, the franchise tag only affects three to four to five players a year. And I'm like, you guys are looking at it wrong. The point is the franchise tag could affect any player at any time when they bubble up to become what would be the most coveted player on the free agent market. So the union are going to have to be the ones that sort of dig into this, but they've been very weak. So, yeah, it is hypocritical. The NFL is, is making money hand over fist now in gambling when less than five years ago they shut down Tony Romo's fantasy football conference in Vegas at a hotel merely because the hotel had a casino that was attached to the hotel, which is, as you know, Kevin, the best place to put a casino, right next to a hotel, 
where you can walk through it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my take on that. It is funny. I do love how our boy Tommy loved to tweak uh, Ted. Leontis. Yeah. Yeah, calling Ace calling Rothstein. him uh, Ace Rothstein <laughs> because Bradley Beal got pissed off and slapped the hat off a fan who ripped him for costing him money betting on games. And I I said, oh, that is so funny. Good for Tommy for that thing. Oh, right he's, there. he's but been, I'm pro gambling. Yeah. I'm I'm pro gambling like you are. So all of this to me, I I, I sit in my lawn chair with my lemonade with a smile on my face, watching it all wash by. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's like I don't understand why players and some fans don't understand how th- this thing works. The league does whatever it is, $16, $17 billion in revenue, and the players get 49% of that. Uh, Calvin Ridley got suspended a year ago. If you're too stupid to understand what the rules are after Calvin Ridley got suspended, yeah, it's, it's on you. Super not smart. I mean, they're super not smart, and, and they must be terribly bored because how much money were they betting on these I, games? I, yeah, I'm sure there were like, you know, the long shot 10-team parlays involved, you know, where they're losing, you know, 100 bucks on it. I don't know what they're betting. I have no idea. But the point and is, the point is... Jameson Williams <laughs> get clipped because of where he bet? He yeah, was not betting on the league. <laughs> that may, I mean, that's just amazing. Yeah, the, the rule about, you know, they can't bet on football, but they can bet on other sports as long as they're not at team facilities. Quite honestly, that doesn't make any sense to me. But the point is, it, once you have players betting on football games, you now bring in to question the integrity of these contests. And once you do that, you are no longer 16 to 18 billion because there is no trust in the game. So your 49% stake is in a smaller number moving forward. They sh- they are in bed with the owners, Zabe. They share in the in this they should understand why this is bad yeah. for them and how it ultimately hurts them. Like uh, even if they bet 10,000 on a game, it's peanuts compared to what their contracts pay them. Uh, uh, and what their revenue share pays them. Right. You can't do it. You can't bet on football. They know well, the rules. If you if you want to bet on football, these, don't play if, in the NFL. Right. Well, if these guys are are dumb dumb enough to be doing this after Calvin Ridley got his penalty, it just tells me that we're headed for at some point a much bigger gambling scandal wherein a NFL game is actually thrown. Yeah. By a player or a handful of players. I mean like blatantly, wow, dude, you didn't even hide it, kind of thrown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that would be massively destructive for the NFL to have what is the most trusted product in so many ways, even though we complain and we, everybody's got conspiracy theories, yeah. the whole thing. But it is a product that is, um, you know, unstoppable. So tell me about it. Did you ever see, did you ever see, before we get to Aaron Rodgers, did you ever see the um, – I forget what documentary this is part of. Yeah. Ronnie Harmon for Iowa in the Rose Bowl. Yes, I did. I can't remember what was that the from? details Do you remember? of that. He, he played for he Iowa. Fumbled, yeah. He fumbled three times in the first half alone when he had only fumbled once during the regular season or something crazy like that. Right. And it turned out that he definitely was trying to throw the game. Right. So yeah, that 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 that's the kind of thing that you know, 
Um, could happen. Could happen in the near future. All right, Rogers, let's go. What do you got? I got a lot, and we will get to uh, all of that and a lot more right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So let's get to Aaron Rodgers, and I'll just ask very simply, is it going to happen? Yes, I think so. <laughs> what would, you, what would change it at this non-committal. point? Non-committal. Well, okay, so here's the dynamic. It's obviously a pissing match over who's got more leverage, right? And Gutekunst for the Packers thinks, hey, you're the ones who flew out to California. You're the ones who had Rodgers go on McAfee saying, I want to play for the Jets. You're the ones who went out and signed Alan Lazard. Uh, looks like you're pot committed. Oh, and by the way, you're the one who's current... QB1, a.k.a. the MILF hunter, uh, has thrown some of the worst interceptions you've ever seen, and you literally, he has no clue, this kid, Wilson, about how to conduct himself as a QB1 by the stuff he says on the podium after games, after bad losses. So your pot committed, we don't have to pay Rodgers till September. That's the Goody stance. That's a, that's a hard-line stance. I have been more in, in the mind uh, of, hey, yeah, you don't have to pay him till September, but the market is one team right now. If the one team market dries up like a puddle in the sun, then you could be in a real bad spot because Rodgers is not going to let you off the hook by retiring and forfeiting $60 million. Not after you blew up his chance to go to the Jets. He'll be super pissed. So what are you going to do then? You're going to carry him on your salary cap this year? You'd have to kick a bunch of money into the future. You'd have dead cap strung out to 
2024, 2025. You'd have an awkward situation where you're paying him, but then he wouldn't be at the facility, keep him away from love. I'm like, by winning this standoff, Gutekunst, it would be a disaster. It'd be a Pyrrhic victory for sure. So you can't let it get to that point. And unless there's another team that Gutekunst really has in his back pocket, like the Niners, who say, look, if this deal with the Jets falls apart, we're in for X, Y, and Z as compensation. I think he's playing with fire, Kevin. Things change. You're a man who knows business. Deals are, are, are deals, and they're shook on. But until they're finalized, a lot of them go sideways at the last minute, don't they? Yeah, I, I think the way you described it is um, the Packers not having as much leverage is, to be honest with you, I think they have because I think the Jets are totally in and they're committed and they don't have an answer. And by the way, they have a chance to be a really good team next year with Aaron Rodgers. They are sure. loaded at every other position. It's one of the best young defenses in the NFL. They've got playmakers out the wazoo, um, you know, and they've just been missing the quarterback. And In fact, Zabe, they're very similar to Washington. Washington's got a really good young defense they've got playmakers they just haven't had the quarterback um and so at the end of the day I think the Jets are going to have to you know I mean isn't there some benefit to Green Bay to waiting until post June 1 or is that a benefit to the Jets I'm forgetting now I mean the 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 worst part for Green Bay is the picks wouldn't be used in this upcoming draft they'd be next year's picks but then I thought there was also a benefit to doing it post June 1 there is a cap benefit if you wanted to defer some cap hit to next year, but they don't really want to do that. They want to get this all washed through the system this year. So the post-June 1 cap cut uh, possibility is not really a benefit, I don't think, to the Packers and for other people who know their cap situation. So there's that. Um, but you were asking about, um, so forget the post-June 1 thing. I mean, yeah. Are you going to get more after the draft? And as you know, picks today are worth more than picks tomorrow, right. just like money. Well, especially money the Jets, now is if, worth if, more if than it's money a first-round pick, it's 13, and next year it won't be. Right. So anyway, I'm like, uh, today on my show, I just said, look, what's Gutekunst trying to do? I said, right now they can get this year's second from the Jets, a, one of their two seconds and next year's second with a condition attached to it, meaning he could float to a one if Rodgers maybe makes the Pro Bowl or takes him to the playoffs or whatever. And you could put a condition downward if Rodgers goes and retires and sits in the cave and sucks on ayahuasca leaves for the rest of his life. You flip him back a second next year or a third or whatever. Like that deal could be done right now tomorrow. That's a reasonable deal. Two twos, one this year, one next, be done with it. So what is Goody trying to do? He's trying to bend a two into a one. And then I went through the Packers drafts the last 10 years, and I read the first-round pick and the second-round pick. And I said, so you're trying to turn a so-and-so. I'm like, you're trying to turn an Elton Jenkins into a Darnell Savage. And people are like, wait a minute, Jenkins is the better player, it turns out. And I'm like, yes, he is. I said, you're trying to turn a Devontae Adams into somebody else. Adams was the second-rounder. And the first rounder turned out to be a bust. I said, when you zoom out and you realize how quickly all these draft picks wash down the river, this is not worth effing around about. You know, get it done, get him off the books, give him his day, thank him for all he did for the Packers, and start clean. That's how I'd do it, but we'll see. What does your audience want? 
Oh, they want it to be over with. They're they're done with them. They're Packer fans. There is a the dwindling little army of Roger stands have been driven up wow. into the hills and underground. Wow. Oh yeah. I was and I was a very public leader of the Roger stands for several years. I was like Rogers today, Rogers tomorrow, Rogers forever. But that finally changed with each year in which he looked old and cold and small and slow when it mattered the most in January. And then this latest round of non-committal and the nonsense and his he's just gotten weirder and weirder. And it's time. Like it probably they, they could have had a haul last year. They could have gotten the Russell Wilson package for him next last year, and they missed it by a year. Yes, so. I think maybe part of your perspective too is one that that, that true Packer fans don't have, and that is you've yes. been in the quarterback what, wilderness, yes. you know. <laughs> yes, and I hammered that home over and over and over and over again. Uh, but eventually, the wilderness comes for everybody, yeah, just like the Patriots are finding out. All right, so a couple of other things. Um, Tommy and I got into a big argument last week on on the podcast uh, because I'm very much into these NBA playoffs, and I think they have been really, really good. A couple of the games have been spectacular. And, of course, you know, Tommy is of the belief that nothing could match the 1970 NBA Finals <laughs> with, you know, or 73 Finals, whatever that was. when when uh, No, 70 when, when uh, well, Cap, Will uh, Willis Reed uh, came late- out. The yeah. late Willis Reed. So you are in, you are doing a radio show in Milwaukee, an NBA market with a number one seeded team. What have you thought of the NBA playoffs so far? Well, not only we super locked in on the Bucks, and thank God Giannis is going to play today or tonight. They need him badly. Yeah. Um, suddenly, this series has gotten very squirrely, very quick. But I, as a NBA fan who does not watch hardly any regular season in long form, I'll catch highlights but really enjoys the theater of the postseason. I've been saying over and over, this first round has been very spicy. Very spicy. I've enjoyed the living crap out of it. This Sacramento Golden State series is electric factory. Not just with how close it's been, not just with the chest stomping of Draymond Green, but the caliber of play. And I think, I think I even tweeted, I said, you know, when these, when these NBA players when they finally give a shit enough to you know oh, care about the outcomes right. of the games, they're punching each other in the nuts. It's super high-level stuff, man. It's, it's strong medicine. So I've been digging it. Yeah, me too. I, I don't think there's a bigger difference in sports from regular season to postseason like the NBA. It's a completely different Not game. Not even close. Did you, yeah. did, did you think Dylan Brooks did that on purpose or not? A thousand percent. It was a transparent nut shot. What, you're going to pick his pocket through his leg, yeah. crossing over, going the other are. direction? Yeah, you are. Uh, oh, you, so you thought it was a legit attempt? I, I, I did not think it was intentional at all. I think oh, when, wow. As a defender, you were, especially one that's handsy and looks for deflections and looks for steals, it's that crossover move where you've got a chance because the ball's exposed. And I thought it was I unintentional. Think- I think you're also underestimating just what kind of sneaky bitches these guys are. Well, he is for when sure. When they want, when they when they when they want to get one in, I think these guys are really sneaky like that. But maybe I'm just prejudiced by the persona he's become. I will say, it's one of the biggest bitch moves to talk big when you're winning, and then when something goes bad, you say, "I'm not talking to the media." 
that makes you a capital B bitch. So for Dylan Brooks, face the music when you lose like that. Well, he he did kind of face it in saying that he doesn't understand the media the reaction of, of making him into a villain. I mean, he's he's yeah. he's created that. I mean, it's it's the reputation that got him the flagrant too, just like it got Draymond tossed from the next game. I didn't think Draymond deserved to be ejected. I didn't think so either. Suspended. Yeah. I, I, I was on the Draymond thing. I said, I don't think he deserves suspension because he, he was grabbed. And when you get off balance like that, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes he, he could have followed through on a stomp a lot worse, but he was obviously a victim of his, his past record. I think Brooks was a little bit different, but you know, these are all like ink blots. They're, they're Rorschach tests. So what you see as a fan and, who your allegiances lie with, and you know who do you like more, who do you hate more, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, I love the Doris Burke line though about Dylan Brooks. She said, "Well, he doesn't really bring scoring to the table. He doesn't bring athleticism to the table, and he certainly doesn't bring scoring to the table either." And it was like, "Ow, oh man." Yeah, that's like the old John McKay. You know, he's like, well, we threw four interceptions, we fumbled five times, but we made up for it with six drop passes, um, which was always he was one right. of the one of the great quotes of those te- terrible Tampa Bay Buccaneer teams of the seventies. So here, th- yeah. here's a question. Here's a question for you. I have buddies on my private text thread who are convinced the league is going to get the Lakers in the finals. And I said, I don't think they can drag them all the way through May to the actual finals. Do you? So two things. One, on the Dylan Brooks thing, just because it's Lakers related. I mean, when you get hit in the nuts, that's not the reaction. The reaction usually comes about six or seven seconds later. Um, LeBron is just such a drama He's queen. I can't stand. I, I can't stand it. And so I'm rooting very much against the Lakers. But if Anthony Davis plays the way he's played, they have a chance. Um, I'll tell you this, Zabe, and people that are listening know that I'm like this massive Kawhi Leonard fan, and here he's missed the last two games. But if he did not sprain his knee, I think the Clippers were going to beat the Suns, and then they were going to have a chance to make a run to the NBA Finals. I just thought, I think he's one of the great postseason performers of the last 10 years, and yet he can't stay on the floor, um, and it's kind of sad. But, yeah, they can do it. They can definitely do it. I think Denver's underrated. Uh, I think Phoenix has so much scoring, but if Anthony Davis plays consistently like he did the other night, they, they can make a run. I don't, I would, I'm not picking it. But it wouldn't be the biggest right. stunner of all time. I'll pick against okay. it just to be on the record that they won't do it. But, man, Anthony Davis, we just have said this so long about him that if he just plays to his potential and he's available and the whole thing, he was unbelievable the other night. Incredible. Yeah, I think, I, I think that uh, the Suns desperately needed more incubation time with Durant in the lineup to kind of get a feel for what you know works best with him and Booker. Like, they're still – feeling their way through. If he hadn't been hurt, I think they'd be a lot stronger right now. There are times in which it just seems awkward for the two of them because, you know, who's alpha, who's going to take the big shots down the stretch when it matters. you got these options. Sometimes Durant's a decoy, which makes him a ridiculously overpriced and over-accomplished decoy because he's such a great player. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll it see what it happens. just seems All like they is, never miss when they need it. It just seems like they don't miss shots. All right, great job. Thanks for doing this. I will talk to you tomorrow on yours. All right, thank you. 
Zabe, everybody. Uh, Zabe's got a podcast. Of course, you can listen to that wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's called The Zabecast. I'll be on it tomorrow. Back here with me tomorrow, Tommy. Have a great day.